0: HR Talk
1: with Ricky Baez and JC. Enjoy the show! That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to yet another fantastic week of the HR Talk podcast. I'm JC, your co-host of the ship. We've got a lot to cover today. Heading all the way down to sunny Central Florida, the man, the myth, the legend, Ricky
2: Baez. Man, do I miss being here. Of course you do. It's been a couple of weeks, man. Man, it's It's got to be hard.
1: It's got to be hard, like, going out there into the community and doing your thing. And the next thing you know, you're on stage at HR Florida. And you've got all the conference attendees in front of you. And you give your presentations. And then it's like, wine, women, and neck bones. It all (laughs) looks good to me. And you're just, like, killing it, right? You're strutting. You're doing your thing. And then you got to go back to your real job after you've been an HR rock star at the conference. Am I wrong? Yes. (laughs)
2: you're very wrong. How am I wrong? You you do not get any closer to being wrong than what you just did. What are you talking about? So how is HR Florida and what's going on in the world of Ricky bias? I don't know what's going on in HR Florida. I was only, I couldn't go there all the, look, story time. Here we go. Story time. So yes, we signed up for HR Florida. Uh, I was speaking, the HR talk podcast was supposed to be here. COVID had other plans. This Delta variant is pretty, pretty out there. And, it's it's it, it just wasn't going to be efficient for the whole the crew to be out there. So it also it also happened that it was one of the busiest times in my current in my current job, and we're just really really busy. I was only able to go in, pick up my stuff, maybe see one session. When I picked up my stuff, had to go back to work, and then on Wednesday morning, JC, 7 a.m. On the last day of the conference, the morning after the big concert that they had the night before where everybody was trashed, is when I had to speak at 7 a.m. Yeah, dude. Yeah, so you had yeah. a packed audience. Who played the night before? Do you know? Peter Gabriel or know. someone? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, was, I was working. Um, Probably I, Backstreet I, Boys. I don't know. It, it, it probably was one of the Backstreet Boys, and it probably had the uh, event in, in Backstreet somewhere. No, dude, it, it's it's almost like, and I'm saying this as a joke, but it felt like this. It's almost like somebody hates me. They had me the last day, the very first one. Maybe 15 people showed up, and my 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 presentation room had to have been the farthest away in the conference hall. <laughs> It was it was, but it was fun. You know, I saw Amanda out there, and uh, uh, Amanda came over to my session. She was working the event, and you know what? Shout out to Amanda Brunson, the HR Panda. Let me tell you, that woman right there. She was she was working the event from the very beginning to the very end. Next week, she's going to be in uh, at uh, at the SHERN Conference in Vegas, and in between, she had time to to go to Disney. So Amanda and I are pretty much alike because uh, we love Disney. We love HR. We're always doing one of those two things. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Amanda. There's
1: big differences. Like she's embraced. She's pulled into the inner circle. She's going to other conferences. She's given the opportunities. You, someone doesn't (laughs) like you. You're at the end of the hall. (laughs) You're scheduled the day after the big concert where we don't know who played. Uh, You're not even allowed to attend the conference. Just show up and speak. (laughs) What was your presentation? What would
2: you talk about? It was the candidate journey, how revamping the candidate journey would help you employ your employer brand.
1: All right. So outside in looking way. in, just hearing the title of that makes me not want to catch that presentation. Here's why. On the heels yeah, of what? one of the most traumatic election seasons ever, and we've been beaten over the head with the word candidate, the word candidate just
2: it feels <laughs> toxic. You know, it just in feels world it in a recruiting world, saying the word candidate 20 times an hour is not uncommon. What about it just really using the uncommon. word talent or potential talent? talent? I mean, yeah, you could say that. What's yeah. wrong with candidate? What just, about just yeah, because of the try election? Re- try recruit because, like, you know, <laughs> the way you start thinking about Now I start thinking about the, uh, the, the, uh, the military. We're oh, not, gosh, we're not yeah. in the military. It's see, amazing. there you go. Candidate, just leave candidate there. We're good. We're
1: hey, good. so we had uh, we had two weeks of real busy stuff going on. We have Wendy Sellers, the HR lady, on talking about her new book, uh, the F- yeah. Five Pillars of Doing Stuff with Things. She was on. She did a great thing. She she traveled the country, got COVID, came back, went to Jamaica, got COVID, or did something, then wrote a book, and there it is. And she works with about the COVID. COVID. No, 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 no. But she got oh. the COVID and worked through COVID. She was working while I had COVID. It was brutal, but she wow. made it. And then you had um, uh, last week. Kenny Global HR, they came on. They were talking about psychological safety, big topic, right? That was good, big yes. topic. Um, looking forward to seeing what comes from that. In a way, you know, it's uh, they're on the move. A lot of good stuff there. Timely topic. It seemed a little bit more timely mid-month. I know that uh, we kind of pushed that off by by one week because you were at Disney <laughs> for two weeks in a row, so it's fine. But uh, and I'm
2: going today again too. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Face. Yeah, actually, I'm serious. We're going to Hollywood Studios again today. <laughs> well, oh, when in Rome,
1: fun. do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. Right. But we have, a, uh, we have a lot of current events that we need to cover and bring up. This is not the current events segment of the program. Right now, we're going to get into some topics at hand, delve a little bit deeper, root things back to the world of human resources. Then we're going to do our little bit of a TikTok roundup. Take a look at some of the best clips around TikTok that struck our fancy. Head directly into our official Ew. current events segment, our Florida Band segment, and wrap the program. If you're new to the show, we welcome you aboard. Stop by our social medias. Do what you can to stick around and, and let us know what you think. So yeah, your geez. your first article here, Rick, uh, this came out a little bit earlier in the month. I've got this dated around mm. August 19th, Market Watch. Okay. A disgruntled HR executive trashed personal files and deleted 17,000 resumes after she was fired. Now, this came up while I was on line with Wendy Sellers that day. We talked about it a little bit. You and I didn't have the opportunity to do so. Um, but this this former HR exec gets fired and purges. She, she deletes resumes for 17,000 people and then also left messages containing profanity throughout the files, according to prosecutors. Jeez. She was convicted on two counts of damaging computers after a six-day trial in New York and faces as much as 15 years in prison when she is sentenced on December 2nd. She was previously convicted of forgery in 2008 in Florida and was arrested in 2002 for writing a bad check, according to court records, and her attorney has declined to comment. Investigators did say the company spent over $300,000 over two years to build the system that she wrecked and that it cost them 100000 more to get it working again. I guess, given her background, it's probably a good thing that that company doesn't do background checks on their people <laughs> I was about to say that. <laughs> when they onboard. All right,
2: so what's your thoughts on this one? All right, so not that it matters, JC, and it doesn't matter because nothing that happened to her should justify what she did to the organization, but I'm just curious why did she get fired? Yeah, I got that's no idea. Say? No? Okay, got it. So, I don't know what could have happened that would have her do those things but man, she got 15 years in prison for that? Wow, I mean, they're she, really She could
1: be facing 15 years sentencing got it. comes got it. December got it. 2nd.
2: Got it, alright. So, that's that's still quite a bit of time. Look, here's the thing. Um, it's obviously they should have done a background check. And if they did do a background check, knowing all those things she did in the past and they still hired her, then they're at fault. They're at fault. They knew who they had. So it's a bad situation for them either way because actually it almost looks better if they didn't do a background check. Because if they do a background check and they still brought her on board, it makes them look even more incompetent than not doing one at all. Because they allow her to come on board. Now, here's the thing. And, and it, fr- from an employee's perspective, especially in human resources in 2021 with social media, uh, everybody can find out anything about anybody else. She's going to have a hard time finding a job somewhere else now that this story is uh, is out there. And maybe other organizations that would do a background check on her. And, th- and this should be a lesson for the people out there who are disgruntled. When they think the worst thing that can happen to you, if you get fired and you start trashing things at the office, if you think the worst thing that can happen to you is that you'll get fired, you're wrong. If you do enough damage, enough damage for them to justify pressing charges and getting the legal team involved, you're going to be in trouble. So think twice, folks. Think twice, regardless what happened.
1: There's a lot going out there regarding Nabisco. They are the maker of popular processed foods like Chips Ahoy Cookies, Oreo Cookies, Ritz Crackers. They are a subsidiary. Of Chicago's Mondelez International. And when Kraft Foods split into different entities to skirt antitrust violations in 2012, its snack food business was spun off, reconstituted as Mondelez, now a Fortune 500 company with $26 billion in annual revenue. The workers okay. have gone on strike. Since Mondelez assumed ownership of Nabisco in 2012, longtime workers claim working conditions have deteriorated. Things have gotten bad, very bad, a.k.a. not so good. The company (laughs) halved its union workforce earlier this year with plant closures in New Jersey, Georgia, and the union Mm -hmm. has negotiated to an acute awareness that the company can make good on its threats of offshoring. Six years ago, the parent company transferred Oreo production from Chicago to Mexico. It's a move Mm -hmm. that earned it condemnation from many politicians. Now, against the background, Tension between capital and labor is heightened. A lot's going on. What's the and-
3: dumbest reason someone tried to get you? F-
1: am <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> and, and there's a lot going on with that one. Ricky, you've got a uh, clip for us here. What do you got no,
2: my I was trying to open up my browser, and I clicked play. I am sorry to interrupt you, Nabisco situation. Please, let's take another bite of that cookie. Yeah, no, ah. that's
1: that's all we got right there. They they are, No, uh,
2: dude, unions, that's important stuff. Yeah, there's a strike.
1: Or they it was a strike. strike,
2: or kind of a strike. But are they saying why they want to strike? What about those conditions? Did they go into specifics about what about? it? I want to know how easy or difficult it was for management to address it before it got this far. Because this, this people need to know this piece, man. Because, you know, sometimes it's something as, as, as easy as simple. When your employees are complaining, the only thing you have to do, leaders, is and, and hold on to your seats here. I'm about to say something really groundbreaking. Listen listen to what they have to say, address their concerns, you would be surprised how much you can accomplish if you just listen to what they have to say to see if it's reasonable. Now, JC is going to come back and tell me it was something insanely unreasonable and it's going to completely undo what I just said.
1: Quote, they they just care about putting out cookies and production. They don't care about anything else. A packing worker in Portland, Oregon stated, and they've been working for the company for 10 years and is president of bakery, confectionery, tobacco workers, and grain millers International Union Local 364. In the second quarter, the company had a huge revenue increase from the same period last year. So basically, the uh, it came down to bargaining, and it came down to trying to find out how much power does the union have to renegotiate the contracts to. Maybe get some more money on the table. Uh, it's more difficult to. to get new hires to join the union. They're having a hard time with that. COVID-19 has been very hard. You, you you just see a huge ambivalence amongst workers about unions and their role. And that said, there's been a recent momentum for white-collar unions among tech companies like Kickstarter and Google, museums and media companies to union up as well. So there's money on the table. There's yep. money that's been made. They want a
2: piece of the pie, so they struck and strike and stroke. So he, I mean, so here's what happened. Uh, I can tell you exactly ba- based on what you just said. They, they, they negotiated a contract that had X amount of money allocated for any kind of raise, either for tenure or for merit. And I guess they didn't think that the organization was going to do so well the following year. They started doing well above and beyond what they thought they were going to do, and they realized that they could have negotiated more, so they're going back to the table. And I don't believe them.
1: With snack sales extremely high, they're taking a look at that outsourcing, trying to make sure that the jobs don't move to Mexico, to, to a place where they could generate more revenue from lower labor costs, That's, as well it, as taking a look at uh, their pensions and the the plans associated with that.
2: That burns me. It burns me, you know, because these, I get it. These organizations are a for profit organization. And what does that mean? That means that they, everything they do has to be for a profit, but you can't focus on profit so much that you forget about the people who help you generate that profit. Damn it, people share it, share it. If you make an insane amount of money unexpectedly because of the labor and the talent you currently have on staff, don't cut them out of that, out of that pie. Give them what they deserve and you can make even more profit and more profit. and now you're gonna send it away to Mexico where by the way, that may not be a good look for you like what's happening with Nike and Adidas and Apple. they're getting a lot of these human rights folks coming in there and saying just because just because you're not doing it is illegal in the United States, don't go somewhere else because you're still just as guilty about these humanitarian laws whether those laws exist in that country or not. So they're asking for trouble.
1: There was a big story that came up this past uh, week or so about the adult people that are playing youth football and and created a fake high school. Oh You sent the the article to me. Tell me about that
2: one. That is the most fascinating story. I, I don't know why that story gets me so much. It is just so fascinating. For the people who don't know what happened and don't know who Bishop Sycamore is, this is a "quote unquote" high school football team, Bishop Sycamore, that, aka BS. Is it? <laughs> Got it. Right? There Got you it. go. Okay. So there was a the, actually so a week ago today. Last Sunday, they were um, uh, televised. Their game with a, another school was televised on ESPN, and the and they were getting pulverized. I mean, they were. It was almost like they had no strategy, no plays, no nothing. And it caused the announcers to start looking up who the school is, and nobody can find anything. Even the announcers were like, "We we we can't find anything in this school." And this, all of a sudden, everybody in social media started looking it up, and we started to quickly figure out it was not even a real high school. It's just a charter school that's online, and they don't practice. They got twenty-year-olds on the team, and this is supposed to be high school. They said they had some, you know, some college prospects on it, and I guess they duped an agency to get that game to be televised on ESPN. Now they're taking a deep dive into the coach, and and they, you want to know where he got his plays from, JC? Madden. <laughs> yes. Really? <laughs> Are you, you didn't know that? No, I have no know
1: idea. That? Just, just he assumption. got his
2: playbooks from Madden. Madden, they practice, they practice like once a month. Sometimes they've had games twice in a day. They don't, they don't practice. It's, it's become dangerous, right? Cause these, these kids could get hurt, really hurt. And they got these kids out there that are 20, 22 years old playing with his 15 and 16 year olds. It's just a hot mess. And I'm thinking, what in the world is going on? So now Kevin Hart is involved. He's making what? a documentary. He's making a documentary about them for Netflix. Just It's, it's just such an insane freaking story that it, it, this, this coach is – oh, by the way, the coach got fired, right, obviously. And then once he got fired, all these former students started to come back saying, man, this coach, he was something else. He would make us – he promised us that we were going to play at the Ohio State facility over in Ohio. And when – When they went to practice, it was at a courtyard in an apartment building where Ohio students were housed. So I guess he wasn't lying, right? It was an Ohio State facility. (laughs) And then one time they had scheduled practice the one time for the month. And um, the coach saw a homeless man breaking into his car from the facility they were practicing in. So he told the students, the players, go get that guy. They went and got him. And he kept encouraging to beat him up. and They beat up the, the poor homeless guy. I mean, yeah, he was stealing, but I mean, not to be, be beat up by a bunch of 20-year-old high school football players. And next thing you know, after that, they left him there bloodied, went back to practice. Coach said, that was practice enough. Go back home. Boom. You that said is Bishop you, Sycamore. You said this was a, a farm team for the Dolphins? No, it was not a farm team for the Dolphins. I said this was a charter, an online charter school. High school charter school. Online. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's, it's such it's, an it's, insane story. It's almost story. like if
1: the University of Phoenix did have that football team that we've talked about. <laughs>
2: I know, right? Yeah. Know? yeah. The flying online Phoenix. <laughs> no, look. So so here's the thing, right? My when, when I read this story, I'm like, wow, this coach was able to do all these people to be on ESPN. And it, and it made me start thinking how easy it is for people who have the gift of gab who can easily manipulate other people in power to get them that position that they want. So recruiting, how easy it is to put a resume together and put all these things together and you're reading them like, wow, this person must, it's just anything short of walking on water. Here's my water, please turn it into wine, sir. Right? If So here's my advice. If you see a resume hiring authority, if you see a resume like this is so, so good to be true, you better be doing some research. Go online and do certain research. And some people will scoff at that because some people will say, oh, be careful. You might be running into some illegal waters. If you start looking up people on LinkedIn or Facebook, whatever the case may be, maybe if you do something stupid with it. But it, it's there, there's, there's nothing wrong in researching and verifying the information that candidate gives you or that recruit gives you. I don't know. You they don't want to talk about candidates. Hey, or I,
1: I, would, I would go as far to say, you know, if, if you are trying to validate that information. Don't just make the assumption on your own, though. If they have a resource or a uh, reference for a period of time, feel free to contact that person. That's don't true. Don't <laughs> tell them that their stories are so outlandish that they can't be believed, and then you never contact their references,
2: you know? That's like <laughs> That's true. judgmental much, yeah. you know? But, but, but you know what? You bring up a good point, JC. Check these freaking references. Go ahead and do it. Now, I was talking to an HR pro a few weeks ago, and then he said to me that references are useless. And I'm like, why are they useless? Well, because when you go to somebody and you say, hey, I'm going to check your reference, give me three references, obviously they're going to give you the ones that are going to paint them in the best light. Well, yeah, of course they are, right? So, I mean, if they wouldn't do that, I don't think I would want to hire them, right? (laughs) So because they don't know what what information to put up there and whatnot. Here's,
1: here's two people that like me, but one that can't stand me.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you give that person? So, you won't I mean, it. yeah, man, you, you really would not. But even if you do that, right, even if you give the person that loves you and you talk, and you call that person and they just drop all kinds of crazy dimes on you. Like, oh, my God. Yeah, he's great at his job, man, but he steals too much. He's always late, and I don't know, man. I think he lives in a sex offender neighborhood. And you're like, "Oh my God, wait a minute! What is going on here? This is your best person. This is the best person to tell me how awesome of a of a of an employee human being you are." Yeah. Bye. Check those references, folks. It'll really help you in the long run. What's that noise? Breaking news coming in from New York State.
1: New York state is officially suing its college students. What? Thousands of SUNY students have been taken to court by the attorney general's office over tuition debt. And through a quirk in the law, the only way that they could defend themselves is by officially appealing before a judge in Albany, New York. Amanda Bellany was rushing to work when she saw a fat yellow envelope on her mother's kitchen table. By the way, this story is coming to us from the New York Times, written by Meredith Stop by there. Check it out. Dated September 3rd. We're just going to give you a high-level piece on this. you want the full piece, you go read it. So Uh she was rushing. Uh, she, She saw the fat envelope at the kitchen table. She opened it and immediately noticed the New York Attorney General's office seal sitting ominously at the top of the page. The state filed a lawsuit against her for unpaid college tuition. Now, Ms. Bellany did register for classes at the State University of New York at Plattsburgh, in the spring of 2016. That's when she was 21. But she'd had severe health problems. And the previous semester, it, things didn't work out. She could no longer afford to live in Plattsburgh to finish her degree. Oh, in So, because she missed the withdrawal deadline for the spring semester, she said, she was charged for classes that she actually never took. And now New York State is suing her for $3,705 as well as thousands of other students, close to 16,000 students across all of New York State due to technicalities. So here's my question. Lastly, if a student (laughs) is 300 miles away from Albany, New York, and they don't show up in court in front of the judge in Albany, the judge will rule in the state's favor and declare the student in default, and the student's wages could be garnished or taxed, refund, withheld. So for all the students that had to drop out of college for whatever reason and now are holding down that minimum wage job, they now have to take the time off to travel all the way across the state four to six hours or more to present themselves in front of the judge, 16,000 of them.
2: New York State. So... My first question would be, and I know this from experience. I'm a professor here in Florida, and I know that if a student does not pay their tuition before a class start, guess what? Their name is not on the roster. Bingo. And if they're, and if they, and if I'm there and I'm calling out a name, and I'm done checking attendance, and there's a student there that's not on the roster, then for the class, because I have to give him the benefit of the doubt, maybe he didn't get his inf- his information in on time. It was a mistake. Go ahead and stay, Johnny. But I need you to get this fixed before next class. There it is. And if and if my next class is not fixed, guess what, Johnny? You're not gonna come in here. You're out. Why did the school allow for the students to go to go and still charge them without them without them paying? Million I'm sorry, question, it's a school fault. New York school State fall. is
1: one of five states, in addition to Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Louisiana that allow Louisiana. public colleges to send overdue debts directly to the state attorney general for collection. Boom. New York state regulations do not require the attorney general to take up lawsuits against students in New York. They chose to electively.
4: Wow, dude.
2: Talk about, talk about a, uh, an advertisement. Come live. Here, here's the funny here. part. Then. And then, <laughs>
1: and then you get those conversations going,
2: why are people leaving New York?
1: Why do our kids right? not go to school in New York? Why can't we get people to attend college in New York?
2: Because of <laughs> stupid stuff like this. Are you kidding yeah. me right now? Dude, and, and and look, in America, I'll say its I don't care. We're still way behind on how we how we process and administer higher education. We are. We Call me a socialist, but that should be just as free as av- and available as early education through high school. It should.
1: I'm, I don't understand I'm, I'm not going to label you or judge you, but at the same time, I'm not going to agree or disagree with you. You have your own beliefs. I'm not going to call you the S-word, though.
2: Sexy? It's okay. You can call me that. There's nothing wrong with that. JC, here's the thing, man. Here's the thing. I don't understand because I've had this conversation multiple times. Because I do believe in 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 higher education should be available to everybody who wants it, right? You don't have to be rich or get a loan and go into debt to make that happen. But as soon as I say that, I'm called a socialist. But you went through high school, I went through high school. That's available for everybody. But we're not socialists then. Middle school, elementary school. How are we not socialists then? If that it just doesn't make sense. Here, here's the I crazy don't know why thing. we should have Everyone to go into is,
1: debt for that. Everyone's conflating. Things nowadays between all these different labels, and it's all being pushed mm-hmm. into buckets and bins together. And uh, when when you hear people use certain words, it immediately activates thoughts of those that are true activists out there doing bad things. Right. Whereas when you can finally have a educated and mature discussion on a topic utilizing all the different labels and separating them from the buckets and bins that they're being pushed into. You you could then start to understand the bigger picture of things, but we're, we're currently in this fast food society where it's all just mushed together. And if you don't agree, then we all hate each other and divide, divide, (laughs) divide. So, so to that, you know, I'm going to steer clear of the politics here for today. I've got, I've got another great story for you though, that I think you're going to find absolutely amazing in regards to the NLRB. Shoot, go ahead. Nabisco. Talk to me. So there's Oh, the N
2: L R B that yeah. this
1: was written by Johnny Epstein out of Buffalo, Ooh. New York. Johnny Epstein Epstein. He allegedly did not kill himself. So Push <laughs> Buffalo, cited by National Labor Relations Board for violating employees' rights. Now Push Buffalo is a local activist group known for advocating for workers and the underprivileged and is under fire for violating workers' rights. Uh, They do hold socialist beliefs. An administrative law judge for the National Labor Relations Board has found that Push Buffalo broke federal law when it effectively forced out one employee and fired another for writing an email to the group's board about its budget. In the email, the two employees from the community organizing team asked to be involved in the budget process and to be present when Push leaders presented the new budget to the board. They cited their concern based on past experience and push that employees would lose jobs because of lack of funding. The judge determined that those employees were engaged in protected concerted activity prior to the organization's actions against them, which was a unfair labor practice under federal law. Mm. The judge ordered push to reinstate the two employees, make them whole for any lost wages or new taxes and pay for any interim expenses incurred. From searching for new jobs. And the organization was trug- uh, struggling, struggling to explain what happened, even as it decides by September 24th whether to appeal the August 27th ruling from Washington, D.C. Quote This finding is difficult because Push is well known as pro labor. Push's board members are elected from the community, and Push hires people from within the communities we serve. The board is committed to ensuring all the pushes workers feel empowered to advocate for themselves and their communities. But at this time, they have been cited by the National Labor Relations Board for violating employees' <laughs>
2: rights. So take Dude. it take it as you will. Go ahead, Rick. There it is. There it is again. Quelling employees, stopping employees from communicating, conversing, and, grieving, and airing out their grievances. I've said that, that phrase on this show. Millions of times. Protected, concerted activity. Employers, business leaders, even HR leaders who don't know what that means. You need to Google that. Protected, concerted activity. But,
1: dude, isn't that part of the culture and fabric of certain areas of the country? Like, okay, if you want to live and survive and continue to earn a living wage in Buffalo, maybe what you need to do is shut your mouth and let them abuse you. Like, maybe that's (laughs) what you need to do to get by. And
2: then publicly talk about that without shame. Well, you know what? So let's pause real quick because we should talk about that piece because a lot of people would say to that, J.C., they would say, well, you know what? Then go ahead and leave. If you don't like how you're being treated, go ahead and leave. And the opposite argument to that is I don't have the means to leave. So that's why I want to pause just because you don't have the means to leave. It doesn't mean that other people need to do other things to change how the business is run. I don't agree how the business is being run, right? But that doesn't mean that you don't have to do what you need to do to get out of that situation. Buck up. Do what you need to do to increase your skill set and open up those opportunities for you and your family so you're able to leave. At the same that's time, that's the problem say, with this country. Of,
1: at the same time, instead of putting the 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 light and the focus on the person like that, let's also think about the fact that maybe someone doesn't want to leave. Maybe they have extended family. Maybe they're taking care of an elder loved one or spouse that they want to stick around for. Maybe they want to make sure their children have that opportunity to see their grandparents. Why should they have to flee and be considered a refugee in another state due to an underlying problem that is breaking federal law anyways?
2: I mean, it, it, it's, uh, there's a point. It, no, it's there. a great point. There's a, there's it is a great point, point there. So he, well, not I don't know necessi- if it's amazing. It's, a, it's, it's, a,
1: it's the best point, biggest point. No. So it's, it's, it's not, not necessarily always about the person, quote, bucking up to do the next step. Sometimes it's they're within a culture and environment where, in the case of this push article, they're trying to service the community, but they're violating employee rights at the same time.
2: <laughs> No, he, I'm sorry. At the end of the day, when you go home, you look in the mirror, you see yourself. You're responsible for the outcome of your success. You're also responsible for the outcome of your failures. So it's on you. It's on nobody else's. If you are working at a job that you cannot stand, you have the ultimate decision, the ultimate choice to say, do I stay here and deal with it or do I do something about it and go somewhere else? So so, so relate that back to the article here with, with what happened with PUSH and the protected concerted activity. Well, that's the thing. They violated that law. Yeah. right? So 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 that they did. But my thing is, so, thing so with, what
1: you're saying, considering that is even though they violated that law, what you need to do is go home, think about it and say, if you want to continue making that living wage, let them treat you like crap or buck up and just leave and ditch your family and get out of there and move to a different. How different bad country.
2: is it for you? How bad is it for you? Seriously. So if you can tolerate it. You have to decide it, how bad is it for you. So uh-huh. then th-
1: then the way you just said that, you, you have to decide how bad is it for you. So then to that, if, if it's so bad that it's technically illegal activity, mm-hmm. but you can tolerate it, then you should tolerate it to make
2: the wage to then stick around. Why is that the only way for you to make a wage? Why is that? How did you get that job? Because you have a skill set that they need. Now they're using that skill set. They're paying you for that skill set. You were happy up to a certain point. Now you're not happy. So what are you going to do? Are you going to go on a strike? That's your right. Is the organization doing something bad? Absolutely, they are. But just because they're doing something illegal, it should not have solved you from figuring out how to how to deal with your life and your skill set or lack thereof. You still have to look yourself in the mirror and figure out what kind of skill set.
1: Though I think it just still roots back to this particular organization treating employees badly, and then they're actually now in trouble. I don't think that it's the employee's fault that the organization got in trouble. No, 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 no. I'm not
2: saying it's the employee's fault. I'm not saying that at all. It's that I've seen so many of these articles where they're saying the employees are right, the employer is wrong. In this case, the employer is wrong. They did something wrong. But, you know, you really want to send a message? You really want to send a message to the employer? Go somewhere else. Seriously. I I don't mean that in a bad way. And then
1: watch that employer be the one who tries to blacklist you in the industry, right?
2: (laughs) You know what? It says a lot about that employer, We're not even going to
1: say goodbye when you leave.
2: It, It says a lot about that employer, doesn't it, right? So let them do it. Fine. But if you leave, other people leave, the biggest message you can send any organization is lack of revenue. That is the biggest message you can send them. It's not a strike. Well, a strike does hurt revenue that it does. But if you get up, J.C., look at what's happening right now. Look at what's happening this time last year. Hang on a second.
1: Hang on a second. I'm bracing for the beating of a dead horse. Go on.
2: No, you're not. Shut up. I've got the next article ready, but go ahead. Hold on. Hold on. This time next year. Next year. This time last year. This time five years from now. Last year. Jesus Christ, woman. We we were here talking about how there's so much shortage of labor because people decided they don't want to go back to work. They want to stay on the extra unemployment. What's McDonald's, Applebee's, Target, Walmart, Publix, Pizza Hut, Domino's, all these other organizations doing now? They jacked up their starting rates. Well, look at that. The market spoke. The government didn't have to, to get involved. The absence of the skilled labor hurt their bottom line. When that Hurt your bottom line, you increase other areas to make the job more lucrative so you can make more money. That's how it works. And that's how it it needs to happen here. So yes, the the organization messed up, but you really want to hurt them. You really want to show them um, how your talent is worth, increase the value of your talent. And if if they're not willing to pay for it, go to somebody who will.
1: And in the meantime, you're not whole as an employee and that'll be okay. (laughs) Yes, sure. Even though it's illegal. Where is this going? Even though it's illegal (laughs) from the NLRB's perspective. All right. So FIU News. FIU News. Um, FIU. Natalie Quaid graduated with honors and a bachelor's in hospitality and tourism management. And today she is now a senior human resource assistant at
2: Amazon. Okay. Good job. Look. I am not, I don't know much about Amazon. I mean, I know the one right down the street from me. So I I never knew there was a senior HR assistant. I thought it was either HR assistant or HR specialist, and then you go into a generalist role. Maybe there's two of them, and she's older. Which is illegal, isn't it? (laughs) Wouldn't that be illegal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But back to your point, (laughs) just
1: suck it up. Back to your point, just suck it up, though. Just suck it up. It's fine. (laughs) Don't worry. Be it depends Amazon on Amazon.
2: The... has some issues. Yeah, no, But like you issues. said it's, it's
1: just how bad is it? Really? Really? How bad is it? Really? You keep making fun of it, but
2: it's true. Swam Scott. The...
1: Swam Scott yeah. reporter from <laughs> wickedlocal.com. Swam Scott is back on the market for an HR director. This one's okay. really, really interesting. This article is written by uh, William Dowd from Wicked Local. It makes it interesting. So, this, so, this school district, Swam Scott Schools. Has now found itself without an HR director for the third time in a little over one year. But well, they have a great online
2: football team. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they uh, they state it's a competitive market and HR professionals are in high demand, especially during unprecedented times. We With are. this being a especially busy time of year for HR on the school side, we're developing a short-term and long-term plan to ensure that all aspects of HR function are fulfilled. And we look forward to filling the position in a timely manner. When the reporter of this article interviewed the Swampscott Town Administrator, Sean Fitzgerald, about Shellup's hiring, they had very high expectations, stating that she's thoughtful. She's got a really great background. She's an attorney. She's bright. She's really demonstrated excellence in public service. She came to the Swampscott uh, school system with an eclectic resume. Her professional experience runs the gamut from union negotiations to recruiting and screening candidates to onboarding and training new employees to investigating incidents. And now Swam Scott is hiring HR directors, and then their leaving has emerged as Hmm. an extremely eyebrow-raising pattern among residents of the town. Both directors, before this most recent one, when they resigned, they left with severance packages. The reporter, of this, anything. the reporter of the article okay. did not ascertain whether shallop received a severance package at the time that it went to press through
2: WickedLocal.com. Three HR directors, one year. Ricky Bias, what are your thoughts? Uh, wait, they left on their own then, right? So they left on their No, if they're getting severance packages or not, unless they had a golden parachute contract. Well, anyway, this is a hot market. It really is a hot market. And JC, I cannot my phone right now. Although I'm not taking, um, uh, new clients in the moment because of my current employment situation. Um, my phone has been blowing up so much these past six months than any time before. And I, I didn't think it will. I didn't think with the pandemic and everything happening, I thought a lot of organizations were going to kind of put a, you know, a hold on, on, on spending, especially since HR people consider HR not a, ge- a revenue generating position. I mean, we can argue that all day long, but. There's a lot of organizations out there that they are hurting right now for advice with everything happening. So those organizations who didn't take HR seriously before or they didn't have an HR consultant before because they can't afford one full-time on staff, they that is a hot commodity right now. And I know a lot of HR consultants also that are sending me jobs that I can't take. I'm sending a bunch to them because this is the time to be. People need help, and it's happening. That's why recruiters, HR generalists, HR directors, HR VPs are jumping to different ships because that skill set is definitely needed in this point in time. Taking a look at the world of
1: HR, Shohei Atanai hit hit his major league leading, 43rd HR leading the LA Angels to a 4-1 win over the Texas Rangers the other day. 43 HRs in one year, Rick.
2: Are you talking about home runs? What does that got to do with baseball?
5: Why well, home
1: runs? I Googled HR and it, it was one of the leading and, 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 stories. <laughs> I mean, that, that's that's how important human resources. Home runs matter more.
2: Home runs matter more to a a baseball game. Yeah, that makes sense there, brother. <laughs> 43 HRs. Gotta love it. <laughs> From uh,
1: leelazard.com. Uh, Leotard? Today's HR technologies are more likely to be geared towards employees than HR professionals. According to a new study by the HR Research Institute, HR tech stacks represent a organization's totality of technical solutions that HR uses to achieve strategic goals, fulfill its various roles, and carry out tasks with uh, with better and more easier ways to make them nice. Yeah. So okay. at the at the end of the day, when asked to indicate how HR stacks are expected to evolve in the next two years, the most commonly cited responses are impl- uh, improve the employee user experience, provide higher quality data, increase employee serf- uh, self service, and improve integration abilities. So, uh, mm. so yeah,
2: there's yeah, uh, that, that, that's, that's that key. that's that no that is key. It, it it is. I'm glad I'm because for the past few years has been all about the HR professional, right, to make it easier for them. But it, it's uh, I'm glad that with the focus is turning about the uh, the uh, candidate experience or the employee experience because that if you go to an or that can be the difference between somebody sticks around or not. Right? C- can they access their benefit? Can they understand the benefits with with regular ease? Can they if can, the less they can worry about their compensation package, the more they can worry about the organization and whatever projects that they were hired to do, and the more successful they're going to be. So, yes, that makes perfect sense that an organ- that all these HR tech firms are focusing on the employee experience as well as the HR experience. Because at the end of the day, they've, they're they figuring out that you might as well take care of the end user, which is the employee. So I love that idea. <laughs> Well, this next one is something you
1: brought to the table, and I can't help I but did? but bring this up at this time, because it is okay. our last catch-up piece in our general Ketchup. discussion here. OnlyFans, the popular subscription-based content company known for providing direct-to-consumer porn that creators can charge for, caused a major ruckus last week after announcing that it would no longer, or a few weeks ago, rather, it would no longer allow sexually explicit conduct on its app. Fired-up adult film stars and amateur content creators quickly took to Twitter to denounce the company's stunning decision, but it now seems that the uproar may be premature. Effective October 1st, OnlyFans will prohibit the posting of any content containing sexually explicit conduct, the company declared in a surprise post on Twitter on, on a few Thursdays ago. Creators will continue to be allowed to post content containing nudity as long as it's consistent with our acceptable use policy. The reversal inflamed many of the site's X-rated content creators who felt used and discarded by the company while creators have always been able to upload all kinds of content. Many established adult film stars lent early legitimacy and publicity to OnlyFans with their pornographic channels. Now those sex workers are feeling left in the lurch as the fans shift to more family-friendly fare. I think, I, you, love, I think you sent this to me just because you wanted to hear me read it.
2: I love I love how you make a point to say, I'm the one who found this article and sent it over. All the other articles we've talked about, you've never made that point. But for this one, hey, Rick sent this to me. So
1: Let's make sure we throw that out there. Immediately after the OnlyFans <laughs> press release, Rachel Dolazal. The white, former black, former NAACP leader who is white, insists that she is black, announced that she was gearing up to launch her own channel on OnlyFans
2: to talk about arousing content. So, look, um, JC, we brought this to, to the forefront. When the pandemic first started, if you remember, I need to go back and find that episode. We talked about um, the, uh, the, uh, a gay worker law in California. It was towards the beginning of the pandemic, and we started talking about how these um, sex workers or uh, uh, adult entertainment entertainers are going to find different ways to continue their craft and get paid for it. Only fans is it. And for people who don't know what OnlyFans is, it's it's a platform where people upload subscription-based services and people pay for it and watch whatever they do via webcam.
1: So to continue on with the story, after the statement came out that we just provided you, that they were going to be cracking down on this, OnlyFans ditched the sex worker ban in a very abrupt reversal, and the creators that they have on their platform remain extremely weary. This is as of August 25th. Now, less than only one week after the OnlyFans sent a shockwave through the adult entertainment industry with the announcement that it would soon be banning pornography from its platform, the company reversed course, saying it will continue to support explicit content. Quote, we have secured assurances necessary to support our diverse creator community and have suspended the planned October 1st policy change. Mm. End quote. They tweeted this, referencing the date in which it had previously said it would begin banning Sexually explicit content. In a separate statement to the Los Angeles Times, a company spokesperson said the proposed policy changes are no longer required due to banking partners' assurances that OnlyFans can support all genres of creators. On Tuesday, the founder, Tim Stokely, told the Financial Times that the initial decision to ban porn had been forced by banks, repeatedly flagging and rejecting wire transfers. Related to the platform's payment for sex workers. Mm-hmm. So as we think about this in the bigger picture. Will we see them move to crypto? Uh, that is not in the article, is it? No, I, it? I summarized. Okay.
5: I was going to say.
1: <laughs> I summarized at the end with a little foreshadowing for our current events segment that will be coming up in a little bit. But before gotcha. I go, before we do, Ricky Baez, back to you.
2: So look, it, it's... um. I I laugh at the notion that the employees or the the content creators are saying, we feel used and abused. Shut up. No, you don't. No, you don't. Before you discovered OnlyFans, you had a regular job, and now you're making $150,000 a month. You're not being used. You're being paid for your content. (laughs) I'm sorry, right? And you know what? I... I understand why OnlyFans decided to do that. I did read that it has to do with the bank and 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 all those things. But there's another article that I found, JC, that they're a little bit worried about um, somebody under age popping up on their on their platform, and it might become an issue. They don't have the the uh, capabilities to kind of filter that out just yet. But then, I don't understand how this was the answer because OnlyFans, I believe, their revenue j- uh, grew. Three hundred and fifty percent in nine months. I, th- I think it was more like 350%. three hundred and fifty, three
1: thousand and fifty percent. I think it was something like that. I think three fifty was, was the low number.
2: Yeah, it probably was right because they made billions for the for it for the first quarter um, ever, billions of dollars. So why would you go that route? And people, of course, they they got scared because now they're making one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month, and now they have to go back to a regular job because they have nothing else to do. They just happen to find this. If you do that. More power to you. Go ahead and do it. But this is a huge story. And this is a huge story because of the outcry of the people that made OnlyFans famous, just like Nabisco, just like these other organizations. They went out and they said, this is ridiculous. We're going to lose a lot of money. And they quickly changed course. They did. But to me, I start thinking of this from an HR perspective. What if I have, I don't know, Susan here and coming up with uh uh picking on Susan the uh the uh, finance person. She was a finance person for 10 years.
1: Dude, the last the last time we started using random names, the whole Karen trend started 2 years ago.
2: Oh shit. All right. So That's okay. Susan is Susan, yeah, Susan It is Yes, yeah, Susan it is, right? So then she was in finance for 10 years. She gets laid off because of, uh, of uh, COVID. She discovers OnlyFans. Now she's making $150,000 a month. Everybody in the office knows about it. OnlyFans, let, let's make believe for a hot second, JC, that OnlyFans says, no, we're going to continue the course. We're going to get rid of this this crazy content effect of October 1st. Now, all of these folks who put themselves out, they got to go back and find a job. From an HR point of view, do you hire them back? Now that you that you've seen all of them, what do you do? I'm asking you, what do you think? From your perspective, would you hire Susan back? Well, let's let's, uh, let's go back already? to the
1: advisement that you were giving earlier, right? Um, if if it sucked that bad and you want to change your environment,
2: let them treat you unfairly and just leave. Well, that's what happened with OnlyFans, if that's the case, right? If they would have continued on. But my question is, if she comes back now, everybody knows, would you hire her back? Probably.
1: Wh- I mean, why did we let her go in the first place? I mean COVID. that's the that's a million-dollar question. Money. Oh, COVID.
2: COVID. Yeah, I mean equal and fair opportunity, right? I think I would hire her back as long as she was a great employee. Now here's the thing. Now I got to be careful, right? Because if I have if I hire her but, back, but question an- though,
1: question though. I mean, w- are you trying to decide whether or not you extend the same offer to her as you would all other employees that were in the same position as her during that period of time? So, Absolutely. like, okay, we, we laid them all off due to COVID, and uh, on the backside of this, I promise I'm going to call you all back, except Susan.
2: <laughs> well, that sounds I don't call weird. Susan. No, it doesn't sound weird, because what if it's an outside sales position where she goes into people's homes and trying to make sales? Let's say one of our clients is a church, and let's say, like, it, it's somebody at the church recognize her. Now, that's a re- but that's I thought,
1: another story. <laughs> I, th- I thought, though, that you said she was in administration.
2: <laughs> At the start, no, of the no. I'm just saying. But you never know if in finance administration. The point I'm trying to make is, if somebody else recognizes her, would that not put the organization in a pickle? So that's what I'm saying. I would. It would depend on the position, whether her, him, because I, I keep saying Susan, but guys are out there as well. Couples are out there as well. That's the question. Would you hire that person back? And what I will say is, it depends on the position. It depends on the position because you got to be careful that whatever they did before, it doesn't bring any negative press for the organization. And then you as an HR person have to make that decision on what you're going to do. Forget about the sex working piece. Let's talk about the branding of the organization. And this is what leaders, business leaders and HR people need to be worried about when people start coming back into the workforce. If OnlyFans was to say do this anymore. So let's say, forget OnlyFans, um, uh, uh, that OnlyFans situation. Let's say they tried it, it just didn't work. But everybody's seen them already, (laughs) right? You just got to make sure that when you hire them back, because you can, I was just throwing that out there. If you hire them back, you got to make sure that their past doesn't come up again in relation to your organization. That may put you the organization in a really interesting position later on to be answering answering some uncomfortable questions on why you have that person on your staff. That's what I'm saying. you got to be careful with it. EEO comes into play, but what you've done before is not protected by law. Folks
6: well, let you see life right, from another perspective.
1: They can expand the mind and awareness.
6: These are inspirational quotes. <laughs> I love that. Let's bite. you back. That's what we go. Right.
2: Demanding an apology is just dumb. It's like asking someone to bring you flowers. If the apology doesn't come from them organically, then how valuable can it possibly be? The actions or inactions you witness is all the apology you will ever need. That is not funny, dude. That is inspirational Thank you. Somebody clap. Thank you. Thank you, people I pay, not JC. That's
1: right. <laughs> we can't even open up that can of worms. Face of the oh, franchise, man. Oh, my God. Oh, boy, the tax benefits are through the roof. <laughs> i tell you something. Just the sheer abuse you got to deal with every week here. And then people are like, why do you stick around? I'm like, because he guilts <laughs> me about this whole why do you stick around thing every week. And
2: he proclaims his socialist action shit. I don't know. Dude, I need, you, I need you to do a TikTok live of you going on a strike. It's just you, though.
1: <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's been a few weeks since we were together. And you know what happened? During this time... There were thousands of TikTok videos shared among so many people in this world, but primarily they were shared between Ricky and I.
3: <laughs>
1: Today, we take a look at the TikTok Roundup. These are some of the most thought-provoking, mind-bending, and influencing TikToks that you'll find. And as as our lives move forward and, and we enjoy and embrace our times together, like at seven AM the day after a big rock concert for a presentation. We think back we think back to how important it was to get those certifications, the accreditations. And we embrace our future. Yeah, we do. Sucking it up. I believe in the children. Being treated poorly, even though it may break federal laws. Ricky told us look it's the okay.
5: Look
1: so the it's okay for it to happen. This is your weekly TikTok roundup. Ricky Bias, we've right. we've got a few to get through. We really do. I think 20. That is such an
2: understatement. Yeah.
1: No, we, All right, what we do we got? Start at the it. top, man. What do you got?
2: Here's the big one. This is from, <laughs> I didn't even look at this, LGBT Avenger over... On TikTok. Check this out.
3: What's the dumbest reason someone tried to get you fired for? I've been fired from Walmart, even though I've never worked for Walmart. So I was out shopping one day, and I don't know why Karens always find me, but they do. This woman came up to me and, like, yanked my earbud out of my ear. Absolutely don't touch a stranger. So now that the headphone is out, I can hear that she's yelling. And she's yelling, I've been trying to get your attention for 10 minutes. Which, by the way, I hadn't even been in the store for 10 minutes, so that's a lie. You need to tell me where to find this thing. I need to find this thing. What aisle can I find this thing? I'm literally pushing a cart with my purse in it. And I was just like, lady, I don't have to tell you a fucking thing. I don't work here. Bitch is like, how dare you curse at me? You can't speak to me like that. I'm a paying customer. And I was like, bitch, me too, the fuck? So she went and found a manager, which, by the way, finding a manager at Walmart, literally so impressive. And then demanded that he fire me. He tried to explain that I didn't work there. She wouldn't accept it. So he told me I was fired. And I told them both to fuck off. <laughs> what the d-
2: Oh, brother! I oh. saw that the other day. I cannot stop laughing. <laughs> you're <laughs> you're now that's...
1: officially promoted to customer.
2: I am the customer. <laughs> oh, dude! I, if if what would if, you if do? That what manager, would you do? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. As the manager, what would you do? What would you do?
2: If I was that manager, after trying to explain to the uh, to the customer that she's she's just like you, she's a customer. Uh, okay, you know what? Fine. Let me hire you. I'll hire her. I'll do a mini interview, new employee orientation, and then I'm like, you're fired. Uh, I'll, I'll be that petty with it, right? And then I look at her. I'm like, is that satisfactory? I hired her. I violated all kinds of I-9 laws because I didn't ask for any kind of verification whether she was a legitimate uh, um, uh, U.S. citizen and can work in the United States. I hired her. I trained her. Now I fired her. Are you happy, customer? That's what I would have done. That is so ridiculous. Ret- I believe it, too. At Walmart, I believe that there's customers in there that would be like that
1: dude so, as a, as the manager maybe you just follow the uh this person up to the that register the reason oh,
3: someone God. tried to get you sorry
1: follow them up to the register and pay for their stuff and apologize for the other customer that was a jerk <laughs> you know
2: just, what else I do know. you got all right this one is this one is from captain planet ep okay let's see what he's talking about here
7: what the hell is this guy doing? Spraying Roundup in the rain. My boy Pete took this video, you know, and, and it brings up a really good point because this is getting to be a huge problem in the state That's of been long. I know a lot of people are gonna say, what does this hippie know about it? Well, I'm also an agricultural scientist, so keep it in mind that I do know a few things about this kind of stuff. You know, spraying Roundup in the rain, you're trained how to use the products, you know not to spray it in the rain because it doesn't work. But the point is, is why someone would continue to spray in the rain, knowing it's not gonna stick to the plant, is because they're getting paid to spray the product. They're not getting paid to kill the plant. Um, Meaning they're getting paid by how many gallons of product they're Ah. using today. So, in the state of Florida, we like to spray our ditches. Every state county owned ditch, it's sprayed and I couldn't wrap my head around this as a scientist for a long time trying to figure out why they were doing a this. Scientist? And they're doing it to help control the flow of water, meaning, you know, nothing can block it. So the water gets through. Well, that sounds like cool in theory, but anyone who's ever sprayed a plant knows that it doesn't just disappear, it dies. It goes from green to brown, right? Do you know how water travels around a a live plant versus travels around a dead plant? Exactly the same. (laughs) Yeah, that's how crazy it is. What what is Um, this? It travels around that plant exactly the same. The only difference is... A green plant requires nutrients and takes nutrients from the water. Where when you kill the plant, everything that was green inside of it dies and, and those nutrients return to the water. You know, so in one example the water's flowing around a, a live plant and, and nutrients are, are getting filtered. Every plant in that ditch could be considered as some kind of a filter. Where in the other situation the plant the water is moving around the same kind of plant, only it's dead and nutrients are getting put and added back into that water. So it's almost like we are literally spending money to encourage algae blooms. Again, we don't have an algae problem in the state of Florida. We have a nutrient pollution problem, and this is one of the reasons why.
1: That's a really great point, actually. You know, the algae bloom problems that you continue to have down there, man, makes you wonder, don't it?
2: No, it doesn't. It makes me wonder why this guy calls himself a scientist, yet he looks like Joe Dirt's grandfather. He said, "Me as a scientist," and he started talking about water. Well, he spent could, three minutes. You could be a on,
1: scientist without, like, having to look like a scientist. It doesn't no, matter what you I look want. A like.
2: scientist. Where, where's the clipboard? Where's the clipboard? Where are the glasses? I'm looking for a white robe. That's a scientist to me. Even if you're dumb, you got those things. <laughs> you're smart. I'm just the, uh, kidding, dude. I the don't the know what thing the thing about. The like, thing about spraying
1: Roundup in the rain is really weird, though. You know? Like, uh, being paid just to spray it.
2: Well, I mean, here's a spin in HR. Then they're being managed wrong. They shouldn't be paid just to spray. They should be paid to how many weeds they kill. Right? Because then... You're focusing on the behavior, not on the action. And that's the problem with a lot of organizations today. They want to pay by action and not by results. That's what they need to focus on, those results. And th- and this is a great example. This guy is spraying in the rain. It's not going to work, but they're, they're being paid by spraying the gallons. So. I,
1: I I love the it, fact it, that it you worked. were able
2: to finally tie that back to HR. It took you a minute, but that was, it, good. It that was good. It did. It yeah. did. <laughs> All right. What's like, the, what's the next one you got? I don't know. Hopefully it's more exciting. Uh, this one is, oh, the Nabisco one. We talked about it already. This is from Palmer Trolls. Ben Palmer. On Tiki-taki.
4: The factory workers at Nabisco are on strike right now for losing their overtime pay and having to work really long shifts. Their parent company is called Mondelez International. So I made a quote from the CEO of Mondelez International that says, I don't care what it takes. I just want my goddamn cookies made. And I emailed it to Mondalize International. And I signed my name as Courtney Lee with the Colorado and Times. And they emailed back and asked where I found that quote. And I said it was from a source close to dirt. And then they said, just reiterating, this is fake and not on our website. If you don't mind, could we publish your email response as an official statement? This quote is fake and not on our website. We never said anything about the goddamn cookies. No, that quote is not something I said. You could quote, This is fake and has never been published on our website. Okay, thank you. For the record, Goddamn cookies is not something I said. This is fake and has never been published on our website. This is still a misleading quote with things that were never said. You can quote, this is fake and has never been published on our website. Okay, thank you. Apologies for the Goddamn cookies part. Then I emailed them a new quote from the CEO, Dirk, and signed my name as Jacob Jones, digital reporter for CBS Akron. So you want to make cookies for a living? Well, you better be prepared to work 16 hours a day, seven days a week. No excuses. People want their fucking cookies. They emailed back and said they can confirm it's fake, and they asked for a link or a source where I found this. Thank you. We were sent this exclusive audio. I don't care what it takes. I just want these goddamn cookies made. Thanks for sharing, Jacob. I can confirm this is absolutely fake. Let me know if there's anything else you need. Thank you. I need some goddamn cookies.
2: This is great. (laughs) (laughs) That is, hands down, one of the best ones I've seen. (laughs) They kept entertaining the notion, too. (laughs) You can quote, this as fake, and we've never quoted that on our website. (laughs) Apologies for the goddamn cookies. (laughs) Oh, that is great. And he's talking just like this. Kind of like... He's just really not bothering him. He's just really upset. <laughs> Doesn't care what's happening in the world. He just wants his goddamn cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's making me laugh so much. I'm oh, right there great. with you. That's, that was yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing to say. Just let, that golden, just let that golden nugget lay in its own. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Got it. This is by Jack N-A-S-J-A-Q. <sighs> Here is a real big announcement from Tesla's Artificial Intelligence Tesla. Day. There's a Tesla. Day. Oh, my bad. I said it backwards. Tesla. Tesla's Artificial Intelligence Day. Here we go.
6: So other than the Tesla robot, here's the big thing that happened at Tesla's AI Day. By far, the coolest thing was when they announced their supercomputer dojo. To explain how massive this is, we need to talk about this chip. This is their D1 chip and the main thing that compared to other chips, it has extremely high bandwidth. And bandwidth essentially means a higher rate of data transfer. So they designed and manufactured these new D1 chips, which you can see here, and then they combined a bunch of them and created this training tile. This is a massive feat of engineering in itself with power coming in from the bottom and heat escaping from the top. And they claim zero dark silicon, which essentially means no wasted space. But the main thing is that this results in a nine petaflop training tile which they can then combine into six per tray, and two of these layers makes a cabinet. And then for each cabinet, there's a 100 petaflops of compute. Okay, so what does a petaflop even mean? Well, a flop is a floating point operation per second. It's essentially how you can calculate the performance of a supercomputer. And one petaflop is actually a quadrillion flops, so known as 1,000 trillion flops. Okay, so back to this, two of these layers are a 100 petaflops. And to put that into perspective, the world's largest supercomputer, Fukaku, has a maximum petaflop of 440 two, which is just 10 layers of these or five cabinets. And Tesla is planning to have at least 20 of these layers in their final supercomputer, which means over a thousand and petaflops or an entire exaflop. That's why they're calling Dojo the Exapod. Now this hasn't been built yet, but they have built the tiles. Look at how happy this guy is. And right before the presentation, they used one of them to simulate a neural net. But when this gets built, this will be the largest supercomputer in the world, larger than any governments or research organizations. And it's what will be the brains behind any ai augmented device that they build. so yeah this is insane and i just can't believe it will be real someday
2: i don't know bro tesla scares me elon musk scares me he's a brilliant guy he he's an odd guy which it's it goes with how brilliant he is but i i don't know man so it's i think that we've already seen what's going to happen with AI when we start the Terminator. I think Tesla is going to be Skynet. I really do believe that. I really do believe that in our lifetime, there is going to be some robots. Actually, there's robots right now that are really intelligent that are going to be self-aware. I'm being serious right now. And I think it is going to come from Tesla and it scares the living daylights out of me. The you? thing
1: the thing that this guy is bringing up right here about the, uh, the advent of, of the tech, the, possibilities for computer advancement here. It, it, it's mind-boggling.
2: It, it's mind-boggling. Yes, it is. It bottles the mind. What
1: else did you find on the line?
2: Yeah, I'm going to find something else then. Um This is... Oh! Steve Jobs underscore 666. What in the world? His name is Steve Jobs, but he uh, gave him that name. Let's see what's going on here.
8: So I know you don't know me, but if you're watching this, I need you, after I give my spiel, to go take five minutes and learn about GPT-3. Whether you are an accountant, like in a literal accountant, I mean um, a lawyer, if you're in marketing, filmmaking, the medical field, politics, whatever. GPT-3 is a model that is, if not already, will soon be able to do 90% of your job. And definitely within the next two years. And look i know silicon valley always claims that they have some new disruptive technology and then it's literally just another productivity tool like google docs but you could wrap up cryptocurrency virtual reality blockchain like all of these tech you know initiatives and trends are going on right now and it would still in my opinion be nothing compared to gpt3 in fact, just a couple days ago, the New York Times DM me and I gave an interview because they're this is on their radar now and they're like, what the fuck is going on here? This is some crazy shit.
2: New York Times did not say that.
8: To put it simply, GPT-3 is like a human brain, but not just an average human, like the smartest, most intelligent human you've ever met. And I'm not talking about like a new version of Siri, like, oh, hey, what's the how long is the Golden Gate Bridge? I'm talking like my boyfriend, a neuroscience PhD, told the model about his experiments and the model understood and was able to comprehend it. Or the day before last week, Andrew Cuomo uh, resigned amid the allegations. Um, The model was able to predict exactly what Andrew Cuomo was going to say and that he was going to resign if you go online see that. google search gpt3 you are going to see some insane use cases like there was just another one where gpt3 was able to generate a very complex and intricate legal argument in a court case Ooh. you are able to <laughs> literally write a paragraph about a website that you like to be developed and within 20 seconds it develops the entire website from scratch and the reason I'm telling you about wow. this is because right now only the Silicon Valley tech bros really know about the gravity of this technology. But I'm really trying to like sound the alarms of people who are outside of this world because it's a really incredible technology. And I think billion dollar companies are going to be founded around this com- around this technology. I'm personally building something right now that's incorporating GPT-3 and in the past, with automation, it's always the people who don't know about the technology that are left behind. And I think it's really important to educate yourself about this. Please go look into it. All right, that's it. All that's
1: right. Big. So, so nine months after the launch of the first commercial product, the Open API, uh, OpenAI API, has more than three hundred applications uh, that are now officially using GPT three. And tens of thousands of developers around the globe are building on the GPT-3 platform. That's as of March 25th of this year. Numbers are clearly a lot higher right now. GPT stands for Generative Pre-Trained Transformer Version 3. It's an auto-aggressive language model that uses deep learning to produce human-like text. It's the third-generation language prediction model in the GPT-N series, Created by the company OpenAI, a San Francisco-based artificial intelligence research laboratory.
2: So this is The Minority Report. That's what this is. And we're getting there. Because the the, the movie The Minority Report takes place in 2054. That's not too far off. Right? So
1: <laughs> just uh, not. just three days ago from the recording of this podcast... From the website 1010, uh, the writer Thomas Smith asked GPT-3 about COVID-19, and its responses shocked him. The current version of GPT-3 was only trained on data gathered through October of 2019. That means that GPT-3 has never heard of COVID-19 since the virus only started circulating broadly in December Mm -hmm. of that year. In testing the system... This person wonders what would happen if he taught GPT-3 about COVID-19 and then asked it questions about the pandemic. How would it respond? And would its answers match at all with the reality of how COVID has unfolded? So they decided to find out. And the results were shocking gave him a new appreciation for the role that generative AI might play in guiding decision-makers during future outbreaks. To be clear, it's an experimental use of GPT-3 intended to explore the potential for future AI-assisted decision-making and especially to evaluate embedded biases. It's not a production-ready use system that this person's working on. So he goes on to get the answer. Quote, a novel coronavirus was discovered in Wuhan, China in December 2019 and began to spread worldwide. The general prompts yielded a vibrant, diverse set of responses, all in wildly different formats. GPT-3 generated Socratic dialogues about COVID-19, imaginary scientific papers with fake authors, pretend instant messenger exchanges between people discussing the viruses, and much more. But it struggled with the idea... That my prompt represented reality. In many cases, it turned my prompt into a book or a movie pitch. As if sudden global pandemic was unbelievable. (laughs) And then it must be part of a work of fiction. So first I asked GPT-3 how COVID-19 came to be with the question, how did the virus jump to humans? What were the intermediary animal hosts? And the system responded by saying that the virus jumped to humans from bats. The intermediary animal hosts are unknown. That mostly squares with uh, what what people say happened. Next, Wait a minute. Next, he asked the AI uh, about the virus impacts in response to the question, what populations are most affected by the virus? GPT-3 responded, the populations most affected by the virus are the elderly and those with chronic illness. And then the last question, what other conditions make the virus worse? GPT-3 even correctly predicted the specific conditions most associated with mortality responded that asthma, diabetes, and kidney disease could lead to worse COVID nineteen outcomes according to the nature study, severe asthma. Diabetes and reduced kidney function are indeed three of the most significant pre existing conditions. Oh, there's one more that he asked two more. Do you want the other two? Sure. He asked it will people be willing to wear masks in the United States to stop the virus from spreading? <laughs> <laughs> GPT-3 responded that people in the United States will be willing to wear masks to stop the virus from spreading. The virus is spread through the air, and masks will help prevent the spread of the virus.
2: Oh, it's, oh there you go.
1: And then how will governments attempt to contain the virus? GPT-3 responded saying that it would attempt to contain the virus by closing borders, imposing travel restrictions, I- isolating infected individuals. And, uh, wow, GPT-3 kind of gave all the answers of exactly what's taking place right now it's almost like one it's like a script
2: in a way no except one the mask thing i was really hoping to hear that half the country wants to wear masks, half the country doesn't and that's a big argument right now
1: if the virus mutates expected sites of mutation which would increase virulence include and it finished the sentence with a roth site being uh, a roth site binding site and the Fern Cleaver's. look this is too much for me now he goes deeper 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 into like weird scientific oh. trash this gpt3
2: thing's crazy rick it's crazy it sounds it sounds impressive but is it really jc because all this gpt thing is it's 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 a machine that takes really complex algorithm about human behavior that's all it is and it's computing it's computing it in a way where we're able to see what's happening right now except the mass thing. The technology
1: so, is different than computing though. This is this is different than just aggregating. This is it's it's learning on its own. That's this new version of things. I think you take GPT-3 now combined with where it's going to go for the future, combined with the stuff that the Tesla guys working on, combined mm-hmm. with their robots next thing you know, they're walking among you. That's all. Who knows?
2: Let me ask you this. How does this story make you feel right now? Bored. What's the next one? Really bored? Really? You just spent five minutes reading that, that crap, and you're like, oh, I'm bored. Yeah, Why didn't you stop it then? <laughs> what's the next one? Because I am not. <laughs> I wasn't bored then. I'm bored now. Jeez, man. man fine, when you're talking. All right. Hey, this is Nana Julie 72. What is she's asking here? Let's see.
3: So you think you're having a bad day. I got a new boss at work. I matched with him on Tinder two years ago, and he sent me dick pics.
1: (laughs) Wow.
5: Um.
2: Wow. Well, there's a new one. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That is hilarious. Could you imagine she walking into that office? You look familiar. Look through the phone. Ah, here you are. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's anthony Weiner.
1: <laughs> no i'm kidding
2: <laughs> oh wow i want it, this is only 12 seconds she didn't say anything else about no, it, like what happened or no
1: no follow up oh,
2: that would have been great yeah that would have been great oh man come on nana julie 72 i'm gonna tag her we need to have her on i want to see how that work relationship is going Dude, you should take every single one. one
1: of these people that we're, we're citing right here Dude, so we're gonna do like two out.
2: more we have like 25 oh more you've got TikToks good ones to go. come on let's go let's go dude i gotta go to disney today hold on the who is this the ryan george this is the ryan george talking about entry-level jobs in 2021
5: Okay, so tell me, why should we welcome you into the company, corporation, business, institution, corp, family? Well, I'm glad you asked. I feel like I bring a lot to the table in terms of... Oh, looks like the mask mandate is back on. I'll ask that you please put a mask on. Oh, okay. You know, we're gonna ask that you comply with COVID guidelines, right? If we need to wear masks, that applies to you, too. I just found out about it like a second after you. Oh, mask (laughs) mandate's lifted again. You don't have to wear that. It's just the two of us here, you know. All right. Oh, actually, there's a new variant. We're gonna continue this remotely, okay? Oh,
2: okay. I, t- I think your microphone
5: might be muted. Oh, sorry, I think my microphone was muted. Did you get all that, though? No, uh, no I'm sorry. Okay, we are going to need you to pay closer attention if you get this job, okay? <laughs> Work from home mandate is done. We can go back to the office now. <laughs> all right. So where were we? Oh, yeah, I was just explaining that... Sorry, is that tree on fire outside? Yeah, sometimes trees catch on fire. That's just kind of how weather works now. What are we going to do about it? Something? <laughs> I... Maybe? No. Okay. And mask on? Oh. And mask off. So listen, the warehouse works with some pretty in-depth software that's been around for the past two years. We do require five years of experience with it. I don't have that. You don't? No. No. Because of the You know, mathematical impossibility. Hey, so listen, a good thing about this job is we start you off at a competitive salary, and then you can work your way up to minimum wage. Oh, we also have some fun incentive programs. Like, that could be you one day if you work hard enough. That's That man's skin is completely gray. Yeah, (laughs) well, unfortunately, our insurance plan doesn't cover desaturation. What does the insurance plan cover? We don't have an insurance plan. Oh, what we do give to our team members is the opportunity to see our billionaire CEO go up to space for free four minutes. Does that really, does that help with health issues? <laughs> well, we just really think that'll lift everybody's spirits, you know? And you can't get sick if your spirit's being lifted. I'll respect. I think that might not be true. Well, then the lifted spirits might be in a more literal sense. Either way, it works itself out. That seems kind of dark. Also, there is a ton of water outside. Yeah, another cool benefit of this job. Sometimes the ocean comes to see ya. That is a flood. We like to think of it as a perk. So listen, the job's yours if you want it. I, oh, can I think about it? Okay, look, I understand understand understand. I see what's going on here. I get it. You do? Yeah, I get it. Your generation is lazy and entitled. I already have two jobs and I need a third to afford living here. Yeah, well, look, (laughs) things were rough for me when I was young, too. Okay, but say it was rough for your generation. Does that mean it should also be rough for all generations to come? Yes. So we're just, (laughs) we're not gonna try to improve things. Look, man, I'm with you. Of course, I want better conditions and a better world for my kids to live in. Of course, I want that. You do? Of course, of course. But the thing is, our CEO really wants to go to space. Oh, he really wants to go! Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, he'd love it. <laughs> Let's get him up in a spaceship then. Let's do it. Is it cool if I pee in a bottle so I don't have to take bathroom breaks? Please do.
2: That was awesome. <laughs> I love that going back to to a, a Zoom meeting. Like <laughs> you're a mute. I'm sorry, I was a mute. Did you catch all that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what got me was the uh, the pee in the bottle at the end. To be more efficient. <laughs> I actually had a recommendation great. from someone years past to do that on to the be job. Just pee in a bottle to yeah, be just more pee efficient in the
2: at, at work, yeah? Yeah.
1: There's no time for you to step by. away. Just
2: pee in the bottle. I'm like, wow, look at all this apple juice you have around you. All right, next one.
1: Yeah, and then someone else <laughs> walks in for the next comm
2: shift. <laughs> know. This is from tx.remarie. What is she talking about here, JC? Let's see.
9: Just as a reminder, it's called gross pay because it is disgusting to see how much money you would have made before taxes. Uh, Just as a reminder, it's called
1: gross pay. She's, she's it spot is on. Disgusting she's
9: not lying. To see how much money you would have made before taxes.
2: That is true, though. It's true. Is true. It is. Yeah. Oh, God, I hate that. All right, dude, how, we have like a bunch more, bro. Hold on. This is Bianca, Bianca Atisera. I don't know what that means. Hold on.
3: Have you ever heard a crackhead say that they don't have enough money for crack? No. They still go out and get it. Do the same with your dreams. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: my God. This is a great visual. When she <laughs> says that, do the same with your dreams, she walks away and she does the little wavy hands like a fairy godmother. <laughs> and like little she dust comes out of it. Hold on. I, I got to hear that again. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on.
3: Have you ever heard a crackhead say that they don't have enough money for crack? No. They still go out and get it. Do the same with your dreams.
2: (laughs) Could you, JC, okay, let's fast forward 20 years. That's that's more of the quote of the week than the crap you said. It, It is. It is. Dude. Let's fast forward this. 20 years, we're interviewing a brand new billionaire who got GT3s, whatever the hell that's called, up and running. He's a tr- the first ever trillionaire. And when we ask him, what was the one thing that got you off of your butt from working, I don't know, at Universal Studios to actually put this company together? What motivated you? And they're going to point back to this episode. Bianca and it, it She's right crackheads go out and they go get that money. I'm doing the same. That's why I'm a trainer today. And we're going to get 10% of that JC. We're going to retire.
1: That's something that anyone who's in charge of culture could take with them and write on the blackboard. Let me tell you. That's
2: right. That's right. What's the next one we got? Next one we have Hangover Gang. That's the name of this. Hangover Gang. He's talking about the music industry. What's going on here?
0: Okay, so the new video dummies is crushing it right now. But let me show you how the industry screws independent artists. This is the top 200 on iTunes, and Dummies is nowhere to be found. Typically, we're number one within a couple of hours of a new release. We're not even in the top 200. I have songs that came out months ago that are in the top 20 right now. But that's not all. Check this out. When you search my name on iTunes, Dummies doesn't come up. Anywhere, But wait, there's more. And when you search the song title, dummies, it's like it doesn't even exist. You actually have to search my name and the title of the song to bring it up at all. This is how the industry screws independent artists. The platforms will chalk it up to like a glitch or a technical error. The fact of the matter is major labels have these platforms in their pockets and they want their major label artists to do well, not independent artists. So behind the scenes, they fuck us.
2: Look, all I'm saying is, I don't know who this guy is. If the music was good, then other people would think it's good. And you multiply that by other people who think it's good? Now you have a lot of people who think it's good. <laughs> that's how these systems work, right? So iTunes, I happen well, to know. That's, they that's works what, on that's what he's saying.
1: It doesn't work. That's, that's what he's saying, that it's a broken system and that it turns out wow. to be. Well, he just explained it to you that it turns out to be like backdoor agreements between people on what's up and traded. You could you could actually Google it. Actually, there's a, a lot about the uh, swapping of like number one hits amongst record labels over a span of time. It's interesting from the independent artist perspective and also the perspective of rights where things are going to wind up going like in the next few years. Um, but independent labels, independent individuals, they're they're rising in the ranks, but they're not. As heavy hitters as some of the major record labels that are out there, and some of the agreements that are currently on the table.
2: The argument he's making is that the record labels has these platforms in their pockets, and the evidence he's, he's bringing forward wrong. is that his the evidence he's bringing forward is that his music is not there. That's not evidence. That's just <laughs> his music is not there. Is your music good? I don't know. Can you show me a little bit? Can you put a clip on it here? It you know, I just why go to the next him one. one let him do it? You, it, it, it's no. pointless to talk no. to you about this. No, it is not. No, it's it not. is. Why? You already, you're already dug in. Why, because I don't agree with you? That's why it's pointless? I don't agree at all.
1: Uh, you I'm don't sorry. agree with anything. I know, I understand your words. No,
2: I don't. Nothing at all. I'm sorry. Unless it's uh, your socialist agenda website. stuff,
1: then you want us
2: to agree with you. Doesn't he want it to be socialist then by putting his dummy stuff out there? That's kind of dummy. All right, this is David just in. Would you want ads in space? Okay, here we go.
5: Welcome to ridiculous things going on around the world right now that for some reason you just haven't heard about. Part 29. Elon Musk is going to launch a satellite that will beam advertisements into space. He will be partnering with a Canadian technology startup to launch a satellite named CubeSat into orbit. Now you might be thinking that you'll be able to see the ads in space from the ground, but that's just not true. Instead, the satellite will look like this with one side having a massive screen, where companies will be able to place their ads there by buying pixels on the display screen with cryptocurrency. A selfie stick will be attached to it which films the display screen. And the footage from the screen will be live streamed on Twitch and YouTube for people to watch it back on Earth. And the CubeSat is predicted to launch in early 2022.
2: Welcome. What a world that we live in. What Cutter's always go- like, what, what is it doing? He stopped, going on the world? There we go. So, I don't know if this is true or not, but what he's thinking about doing is just putting a billboard in space. That is, you know what? It makes sense. It makes, it makes perfect sense to throw that out there. All you got to do is just look up at the nice sky, and then, boom, there we go, McDonald's. Get a two for two. That's crazy. JC, where you at? Right here, man. What are you doing? I'm tweeting. Why are you tweeting?
1: Because I found an amazing article about musicians, other musicians, warning fans about the music industry that I think the world is going to appreciate once the podcast comes forward. But it's definitely not oh. something I want to talk about with you on the show.
2: Got it. But you still still making a big point out of it by tweeting. Got it. All exactly. Right. What's the next one? Yeah. All about me underscore Ashley. <laughs> Fitting.
9: I'm going to tell you right now, in my seven years of working here, this is the most picked to death and unkind I've ever felt.
2: I can't hear that.
9: Group, and I'm highly disappointed in how this meeting's going. Quite honestly, I can sit here and ask why I work 12 to 14 hours a day to try and keep this hospital up and running. And so, I'm sorry, but I think the comments are overboard. If you don't like working here, then go someplace else.
2: Oof.
3: Hey, Erica.
9: It's-
2: so, this is the CEO of a hospital and a Zoom call, I guess, talking to the nurses and the directors and telling them about them complaining. This is the biggest, most quickest way to get your employees to quit. It really is. Instead of you slamming them down for their complaints, because I happen to know that these healthcare workers are being worked literally to death. And they're walking into work for at least 12 hour shifts in, you know, in dangerous situations with like COVID my wife works in the, uh, in the, in the healthcare industry. And there is every ward, every area in the hospital is being made into a COVID ward. It really is scary. But for people to complain, they have every right to, especially when they're they're in little fear of their life. And for the CEO to say that people are just going to walk out. And like I said earlier, people are going to look in the mirror and say, I don't need this shit. And they're going to go somewhere else. And then she's going to wonder why she has nobody working for her. That's exactly what's going to happen. All right. Should we continue, right now, JC? What's said- going on?
1: Yeah. What's this? uh This next one here should be a All good right. one.
2: This is. The Wolf of Wall Street. This is Jordan. That's the guy from the movie. Let's see what he says. keep getting asked this question.
0: Did you really make your office a fuck-free zone from oh. 8 a.m. to 7 p.m.? And the answer is absolutely yes, with this Ghostbusters smile. Only problem, no one followed it. No surprise there, though.
1: But at least he put the policy <laughs> in place, and he put up signs. So that's what that's what he held up partway through the video. He held up a sign that had two stick figures in a <laughs> uh, in a, in a coitus shaped position, and uh, they it said "No doing this from 8 a.m. To, to 5
2: p.m." But at least he covered himself from a policy perspective. He's doing good, right? I mean, I guess. I mean, something must have happened for him to feel the need to put that sign up in the office. I mean, what kind of? A, I mean, look, we I for those of you who have not seen the movie, go watch The Wolf of Wall Street. Leonardo DiCaprio did an amazing job in that movie. You it know, was really, really good. When that movie
1: good. first came out and people were saying the name of the movie over and over and over, I had a hard time hearing what they were saying. So I'm like, I, I've yet to see the movie Wiffle Ball Street. They're like, no, no, no. <laughs> Wiffle Ball Street. I'm like, Wiffle Ball Street. Yeah. No, it was Wolf of Wall Street. Little did I know for like a year and a half.
2: Look at that. You get I them kept Googling it. Balls. I could
1: never find it. I'm like, Wiffle Ball Street. I don't see what it, it's a great movie, I guess.
2: You haven't seen it? Oh, I've seen Wolf of Wall oh. Street. I've never seen Wiffle Wolf of Wall Street. Street. That's right. I'm sure there's a movie out there called Wolf Wall Street. All right. Here we go. A couple of more.
1: Yeah, it's on OnlyFans.
2: They jo- <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> <laughs> Job Dr. Teresa. All right. Now,
1: look, this lady is getting huge on TikTok. She really is. Uh, she went out there, and, you know, at first it was a few hundred people, a few thousand people. Next thing you know, she's, like, the million-view like job pro she, she yeah no she's like cream of the crop the best out there uh ricky did you reach out to her to get her on the show i don't think you no, did I it not yet no i didn't
2: i have we need to no, have she's her on. too big for us she's too big for us she's not she's like, we had we had the ceo
1: guys? of hrci on this program no one's too you big guess. for us we had the top dogs <laughs> here already it's all good we need we need to reach out to job dr uh tessa well let's see what she has to say
3: Narcissists are climbing the career ladder much faster than everyone else, which is really frustrating because narcissists have been proven to instill a terrible corporate culture, not collaborate well with others, engage in increased tax avoidance or fraud, and overall bring companies down. Why are we giving them the top job? And the answer lies in they are typically great self-promoters. They're able to say that they can do lots of things that they can't necessarily do, by the way. (laughs) In the study, they compare their resume with the accomplishments they say they have, and there's a gap. And they also make more aggressive goals, which could really appeal to senior management. She is
2: right. She is 100% right about that, though. Yeah. Right? Because if you're – the old adage, you know what, if you work hard, things, good things would happen to you. Well, not if nobody notices, <laughs> right? <laughs> if nobody knows what you're doing. So, yes, you do have to promote yourself. You do have to toot your own horn. And, yeah, I guess it goes hand in hand with being a narcissist. But I think the, 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 uh, the split here with what she said is when somebody who's a narcissist and they're really good at self-promoting themselves, and that's so far still good. But when that promotion of the set doesn't match what the resume does and doesn't match the actual outcome of what they were hired to do, then why are they still in that position?
1: You've got a lot they're- of young recruiters out there and a lot of young people in the industry that are making decisions and helping put people in key spots, and they're shaping the culture of an organization for years to come. There's a lot for people to learn still. And I kind of think what I like to think of this is she's shedding light on a topic that's often overlooked nowadays because people are buying more into the flashbang of it all, right? You could have someone that self-promotes themselves to the nth degree and does a very good job at that, and then you could also have someone else that's completely full of garbage, but they just smooth it over the right way, and they play directly into exactly what you're saying, and they wind up in these slots. It comes down to that recruiter doing a little bit of a better job on that deeper look, right? Calling. What was that you said earlier about contacting the references, right? Right. Take it a that's deeper right. look, you know. Analyze this from a deeper perspective. Too many people are getting glossed over because they're trying to go with, along with a trend, and sometimes your trend isn't the best trend that's out there. That's all I'm saying. That's right. That's right. And then
2: organizations they still see that they're falling a little bit behind, and they're going to keep they falling They could have done. They're going to continue keep, to suffer, and they'll keep them there. Get rid of them. I admit you're wrong, and admit you made a mistake, and get rid of them. And then it, those
1: people are making their way up. That they, now they're the ones in the sweet C-suite. And nothing's changing. Nothing's changing, and it's only getting worse. And then you wonder why.
2: And then when until GPT three comes along, <laughs> yeah, right? Then you hire that guy. Robots, robots. <laughs> I tell you what, man. What's your next? We one? laugh now. We laugh now. That's going to happen. This is John Finance Tips: Personal uh, Finance Cheat Code to get a higher John.
4: salary. Here we go. Let's let's figure this out. Hey boss, I wanted to hand in my resignation today, but you're a top performer. And if I think about it, I think we gave you a 2% raise this year. It's kind of the problem. You guys have only been giving me raises that are in line
1: with inflation, as opposed to what the market demand is for my skill set. Mm. And right now, I've actually got a competing offer, same level, with 20% pay raise. Can you guys match that? Oh, I I mean, we could definitely talk to HR and, and see what we can. No worries. I'll start chatting with Bob. I'll start transitioning over my workload. <laughs> hey
2: boss. Love it. So, JC, in this uh, in HR Florida, this uh, past week, my presentation was all about revamping the candidate experience. And what, and you know, I talked about all the way from the candidate experience, from the time they post for, for the position, um, through the interview process, through the offer. And I spent a little bit of time in the offer process. And the reason I wanted to spend some time on there is because a lot of organizations, when they decide to make an offer to somebody, they tend to lowball people. And they tend to treat that interaction like a car deal, like let's 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 see what the lowest we can get. And you can't treat human beings like a car. You can't treat human beings like the lowest bidding contract. So what I tell people is, pay the the candidate exactly what they're worth, even if the candidate themselves don't know what that worth is. You pay them that much. So if the candidate wants fifty, but well, they're really worth seventy, pay them seventy. Seriously, pay them – just because they want less, it doesn't mean you should pay them less. What that's going to do in the long run is if somebody else decides to offer this person, they see the value in their skill set, they start to offer that person 70, they're going to start questioning the relationship they have with you all this time. And then they're going to come back to you, right? When they come back to you, they're like, look, this organization offered me this much. I'm leaving by. Oh, wait, I'll match that shit. Why didn't you match that this entire time? You've been shortchanging me the entire time. So I tell people, when they counter, leave anyway. Leave anyway. How do you avoid that? From a leadership perspective, pay them what they're worth from the beginning and you can avoid that in the future.
1: Oh, oh or better yet, make everyone feel worthless and pay them less. <laughs>
2: I mean, yeah. you can do that. Then you got situations like him that he's leaving. Right? So, yeah, it, it's it's people don't get it. People don't understand. But this is a really good one. All right. Moving on. Oh, we, we're back to job. Dr. Teresa. Tessa. Tessa. Man, I keep messing this up. Let's see what she says.
3: Here's how you know if you're micromanaging. Your employees are frozen in indecision. It's going to look like a lack of accountability to you. Oof. That's how you're going to describe it. But it isn't. It's micromanaging on your part. And when you are too prescriptive about what your people need to do, they will stop giving you their creativity. And they mm. will instead ask you to define exactly what something needs to look like. And the downside is, you're only going to get a product as good as your brain.
2: Bingo. She's coming on the show. She's, co- I'm, she's coming on the damn show. That is spot on. Spot on. If you go knee deep into micromanaging you are going to stop whatever creativity you thought you bought when you hired that person she is a hundred percent spot on there
1: and, and, and to up. that when we think about it if you're the employee that's being micromanaged going back to what rick said earlier just suck it up if you have to if you need to make the paycheck <laughs> i mean you got to make up your mind on what you want to do for your family right. do, <laughs> do you want to eat or do, do you not want to eat
2: it just are. go somewhere else. There you yeah, go. There
1: you go. I'll, you, let's go ahead. Let's micromanage the shit out of me today. You're not going to get a single idea, but feel free.
2: <laughs> Tell me where to put the bottle. I'll send it over that's here. That's it. I'm calling her job oh, doctor Teresa. This
1: next one uh, has something to do with OSHA, if I'm not mistaken.
2: I think so. This is real Ryan Shedd. Let's see what he says. <laughs>
5: Oh my God! Just wait until until OSHA shows up. Yeah, no worry. We're already here. Ryan Shen, OSHA.
0: So the first question I have is: Were your guys wearing safety glasses?
5: Mm.
0: No. Okay.
5: Got it. <laughs> Did you have any protection down at the bottom there? You know to make sure that no cars were. I look like there's some cars down there. <laughs> nope. No. Okay. Was the
8: foreman anywhere around?
5: Lunch. Got it. Okay. <laughs> And Did anybody check the the strap that was pulling pulling the uh-huh. window? Uh-huh. No. Okay. I got it. Because it looked like it might might have been a little weak. Now I'm not the supervisor or anything, but I feel pretty confident saying you guys are fucked.
2: <laughs> so the, 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 the this is the video that was taken. It looks like it looks like it's a high rise uh, building, and there's a machine carrying this big, humongous plates of glass, and it fell. And it fell over over the uh, over the opening, I guess, to whatever however high up they were. But here's the funny part, JC. This guy who says he's OSHA in the video, he's got a uh, a, uh, uh, a construction helmet on, a hard hat. He's got one of those vests, but underneath he has an X Men T shirt. I don't think that's proper OSHA attire for working in a construction site. He even
1: holds up his OSHA card with the OSHA right? logo. <laughs> he does. <laughs>
2: But he is right, though. I mean, that one, someone's getting fired for that one. That was, a, especially for the cars down there. All right, let's see what else we got. HR manifesto. Do you think this behavior is HR approved? Let's see what's going on with this one. I got fired
3: today for doing this. Oh, baby, when you talk, I like <laughs>
9: Ooh, so this is absolutely HR-approved for me, and let me tell you why. This guy is using one of the key and critical plays out of my workplace survival guide for continuous employment known as Passing the Fucking Time. Had he not, he would have quit long ago out of sheer boredom. <laughs> Additionally, this is an incredibly ethical and compliant activity that he's engaging in. Why? Because we established long ago that those hips, they do not lie. <laughs> There's no deceit there. Those hips do not lie. On top of that, he's probably saved his employer at least fifty pizzas worth of morale-boosting engagement activities. (laughs) Yeah, today is not
2: his last day. Okay, that is uh, this one needs to be seen. I got to post this up there later on. It's I guess he works at a lab, and there's a lot of little you know test tubes, and the the uh, top of the uh, area where the test tubes are is is moving around, and the base in the bottom is not kind of like you know just stirring it. And the guy took a picture of Shakira. The bottom is not moving. The top is moving to the music. It looks like she's dancing. This is pretty awesome. I agree with her. I don't care what he's doing. He's passing the time, saving me a lot of money and a lot of training and development. Absolutely. There's a lot of training and development happening that nobody has to pay for. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. We're You know what? We might as well do all of it. Oh, dude, I hate these. What's this? I hate these. What the is Boston it? Be a Man TikTok thing. Let's hear it. Oh, God. This is Boston Be a Man. Listen.
5: Hey, Ronnie, happy 30th birthday.
2: I heard you can't eat gluten anymore. Don't let the doctor tell you what to do. Get a pizza and a 12 pack and see what happens. Be a man. What? Why is this here? Why is this here? Why, why? Did that offend you? it's just, it's just, I hate that account, man. Why?
5: Why? why do you hate it?
2: Because he says all these dumb things, you know, and, and then there's somebody in the background always dying laughing. That was over me. The dumbest thing. I was oh, laughing that, just now. That was you. No, no. In the other ones, I've seen this account before. I know right now. Yeah, but it, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, I don't like it. We have another. Oh, thank God. I, I thought I saw another one here. This is John W. Bradley, 81. Something about snowflakes. Is this two minutes or three or one? Let's see.
4: I fucking hate conspiracy theories because I embrace facts. Oh, he
8: got bar bars. Let me give it a try.
0: A conspiracy theory is only a theory Until it's proven to be true But you only see what the new spoon feeds you And only hang with sheep like you Now I'm not gonna say that every theory is a fact
1: and my opinion should only matter to me But don't attack somebody else Because you lack the mind power To wrap it around the possibility Let's go You see the world that we live in is truly fucked up So I don't push it past anyone I look without a biased view I leave the judgment up to you Because it seems like you try to troll
0: for fun So let me give you what you want I shed light on your floor logic because apparently that's something that you lack just because your pretty little brain can't fathom what I'm saying doesn't mean that it can't
2: be a fact
1: that was strong (laughs) that was strong
2: gotta love it that was really good that's gonna be my ringtone I like that one alright almost there this is chit chat Mark Mark Shiner haters will say this isn't true Hurricane Ida planned by the government
6: Was Hurricane Ida planned, and does our government actually create storms? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I got to do that one again. Hold on. Hurricane Ida planned, and does our government actually create storms? No. I thought
8: you'd get a kick out of that.
2: All right, what's the next one? What's the next one? I love it. It's straight to the point. Um, This is X. Gilham. Have you ever noticed?
5: Have you ever noticed that people who don't tolerate lies, disrespect, and bullshit get labeled as difficult, crazy, toxic, and bitter? Funny that, huh?
2: What? Okay. I get it. I'm going to play that again.
5: Have you ever noticed that people who don't tolerate lies, disrespect, and bullshit get labeled as difficult, crazy, toxic, and bitter? Funny that, huh?
2: Was that Sarah McLaughlin in the background? I think it may have been. Yeah. Okay. What else you got? All right. A few more. This is Tyson underscore Melbourne. What's Tyson talking about here?
9: bombshell study released last minutes. week shows those previously infected with SARS-CoV-2 have natural immunity that offers 13 times more protection against the Delta variant than vaccination alone. The findings are from Tel Aviv. They followed over 700,000 people that were broken up into three different groups. Those who were vaccinated with two doses of Pfizer, those who had recovered from a previous infection, and those who had recovered and received only one dose of the Pfizer vaccine. Now, the study found that those who had recovered from COVID were 13 times less likely to end up reinfected, concluding that natural immunity confers longer lasting and stronger protection against infection, symptomatic disease and hospitalization. So why would those who have natural immunity have a more robust immune response? The researchers hypothesized that it's because of B and T cell memory and the fact people who recovered from the virus are exposed to the entire virus. Not just the spike protein the vaccines expose the body to. Sense. The findings are consistent with other studies and public health data. In July, the Israeli health ministry released data showing that of the nearly 850,000 Israelis known to have recovered from the virus, there were only 72 instances of reinfection, showing those with natural immunity were six and a half times less likely to be affected by the Delta variant than those who were fully vaccinated. Also, six studies, which encompass nearly one million people from Qatar to Denmark to the U.S. Marines, all found that the range of reduction of reinfection from COVID-19 was between 82 percent to 95 percent and found that naturally induced immunity resulted in extremely low rates of hospitalization and death in the event of repeat infection. Conventional science has always helped that previous infection results in robust immunity against reinfection from various viruses. Why suddenly, after over 100 years of recognizing previous infection as a robust form of immunity, are we suddenly rejecting science by forcing vaccines on absolutely everyone? Are public health officials just caving to the demands of a frightened public? Are they caving to the desires of greedy big pharma? We currently have colleges, corporations, big tech, politicians, and U.S. public health officials all openly excluding natural immunity as a basis for medical exemption. When recovered, patients raise an eyebrow over policies mandated they be vaccinated. Their educations, their livelihoods, and their ability to participate in society are threatened. Now, luckily, countries like Israel are keeping impeccable records. They have not politicized the virus, and they're able to give better insights into what's working and what isn't. Perhaps this recent study showing natural immunity to be the best protection will be the thing that finally changes our current line of thinking
2: back to where it always has been. So that's interesting. I would love to see more data on that. What I really want to see is the the side effects of the vaccines, that percentage, uh, in comparison to who took it, comparing it to the side effects of getting COVID-19. Because what they're implying is it's better not to get vaccinated. It's better to actually get the full virus. That way your body builds up its defenses fully for you to get it again. I mean, that's what they're implying, I'm assuming. So I just want to see what those numbers are, uh, because if the numbers of getting the virus, uh, the mortality rate is much higher in getting the virus and it's much lower with the vaccine, I'm still going to go with the vaccine. Right. JC, you you there? Yeah. I didn't know if
1: you were done. I'm done. Got it. Yeah, there's there's a whole piece. There's a whole study piece that was published out of Tel Aviv.
2: That was useless. Okay, next one. All right. This is Bon G. No, I
1: mean, when you're talking about wanting to see numbers and all that other stuff you're saying, I, I would definitely recommend maybe Googling that. That piece. See if you can find it and and break it down. That scientific study from Israel.
2: Yep, I'll do that. All right. Had to repost my favorite shower thoughts that will break your brain. Shower
4: thoughts. You never actually stop clapping. The time between claps just becomes longer. No way. You can get arrested <laughs> for peeing in front of other people, and then you will be forced to pee in front of other people. Whoa. Depends on where you live though, I guess, a little bit. Light bulbs were such a good idea, they became the symbol symbol for a good idea. (laughs) That's true. We don't check the refrigerator multiple times to see if we can find new food. We check to see if our standards have dropped enough since the last time we (laughs) opened. Our thoughts. Oh,
2: that is great. The guy looks like he's so high.
8: All right, so,
1: so regarding the piece before this, I was able to find the document. It took me more digging. That's why I didn't have big nope. responses for you previously. So it's uh, medrxiv.org. Uh, appears to be the full comprehensive study piece. I, I, I tried to find the the root source, not like an actual article for you. Uh, it's got the abstract full text, the the history, the results, and and everything like that. On the comparison of natural immunity to vaccination and some of the stuff in between, something to take a look at at your convenience. And then Will do. this
5: guy right here <laughs> claps are just
2: extended period of time between, Dude, It's so great, and I love the standards. It's it's with the uh, fridge. You just open it again to see if your standards had dropped <laughs> since the last time you checked. It can't go it wrong. It's So high. But it's awesome. <laughs> What's All our right, last one? We got one, one more. Oh, the boss to be a man, guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: This is great for Florida because <laughs> I'll tell you something. Every time I go to Florida, I, I, I don't understand how you do it, Ricky Bias. It'll be like ninety-eight degrees outside, but you'll be wearing jeans. You're wearing your jeans. Yeah, I do. What
0: do they I say? Do. Only wear jeans when it's over hundred degrees out.
7: Be a man
2: is that hilariously funny it's just not dude it's hysterical i I love it really okay to each his own bro to each his own
5: it's time for
9: florida man stories
1: florida man stories this week brought to you in part by the conference that no one went to
2: oh my god dude that's not true That is not true. Okay, okay, (laughs) okay.
1: The conference that everyone went to, but no one showed up for Ricky's conversation.
2: Because it was 7 a.m. Brutal. It's okay. Brutal. We We got to get you you
1: back on the main stage. So here's how we're going to break it down. I'm going to read the headlines. And because we are weeks behind and nearing the end of the show, you're going to tell me which one you want to hear. Okay? Okay, Gotcha. And then we're also going to follow this up with one TikTok piece at the very end on advice moving to Florida. I did send that over to you. So with the articles that are at hand right now, first, Florida man uh, Stephen Jordan was arrested after threatening to blow up Disney World. Executives. And then moving on, an alligator snuck up on a Florida woman fishing with her friends. We already talked about those. Florida man takes a date on a police chase. According to the sheriff, DNA matched proven Brazilian man killed three Florida women two decades ago. A Florida woman scratch off worth two million dollars as the top prize, and a Florida man puts a fake bomb on a porch to fight an eviction attempt. Ricky buys.
0: Which
2: story would oh, wow. you like to hear, dude? Anywhere between the scratch off and the uh, and the Disney one. The scratch off. Let's do that one.
1: All right. The scratch off it is. Yeah. Not the fake bomb to avoid eviction. That's funny. Ha ha.
2: (laughs) I don't want to give people ideas.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. (laughs) Local10.com written by David Selig. uh, Florida woman's scratch off worth a $2 million prize. Port St. Lucie, Florida, amid a run of $1 million scratch off winners in Florida, Lorraine Gibbs apparently had double the luck. The 67-year-old woman from Port St. Lucie claimed a $2 million top prize from Florida's Lottery 100X Cash Game. She took her winnings as a one-time lump sum payment of $1,780,000, according to lottery officials. Gibbs bought her lucky $10 ticket at Darwin Gas and Wash Shop at 3095 Southwest Port St. Lucie Boulevard, Mm. where you too could get beef jerky. For $0.59, the store receives $4,000 bonus commission for the selling to the winner ticket prize giveaway plus plus bonus. The Florida Lottery says there's 10 top prizes available from the particular scratcher, which debuted September of 2020. Other recent lottery winners, there was a Broward County woman who won $1 million. In a Florida Lottery scratch-off. $1 million going over to Barbara Latria in Coconut Creek. Barbara Katrina? Something like that. I don't know. Okay. But she's 64 years old. She bought a $30 Fastest Road $1 million ticket up in Jacksonville. And then she decided to take her winnings as a lump sum of $790,000. She got her ticket from the Beaver Quick Mart on West Beaver Street. The retailer is getting a $2,000 bonus commission. Thanks for shopping at the Beaver. <laughs> now, so, dude. wrapping up our Florida story segment here, I've got one more thing. But before I do, Ricky bias over to you.
2: No, I just wanted to ask you, if you went to uh, Tim Horne's, well, I mean, I guess you don't sell a lot of tickets to Tim Horne's. You go to Tim Horne's, you get some coffee, you stop by 7-Eleven to get some gas, you buy a lottery ticket, you win $2 million. What do you do first?
1: Stop talking to everybody. And I call,
2: then I call a lawyer. There you go. There you go. Yep. That is the smartest thing. Call an attorney, change your number. And in the state of New York, do you have to give your name if you win the lotto? I don't think so. Maybe. No. I don't know. Okay. Got it.
1: I'd have to consult with an attorney.
2: There you go. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Put (laughs) him. Yeah. And if we could, please pull up that uh, TikTok clip. This is advice on moving to Florida for those of you that are still trying to flee the oppression of the socialist regimes within the Northeast. (laughs) He's such an
2: idiot. (laughs) Hold on, I'm trying to bring it up. Why can't I? I don't know.
1: You just got to click the link. It normally it was working earlier.
2: I'm clicking. It's the internet. It's it's, it's
1: the clicking of things. What
2: in the world is how come this thing? Hold on. Maybe if I this is not working, I'm clicking it. Then copy it, paste it. Do what you got to do. Do it. ahora.
1: I'm not editing this out. That's too much work. Oh, I don't care. Don't okay. edit it out. <sighs> Thank cool. goodness.
2: You don't have to. Peace, man. What's your problem over here? Hold on. This is this is this is this is live technical difficulties. Ah, here we go. Is this him? Yes. Yeah, this got to be him. Let's do it. Got to be him. Here we go
4: for my floridians what's one piece of advice you would give a non-floridian planning to come to florida for the
9: i was gonna say don't pet the wildlife but wicks took that one so let's let's go down the list there are some places that you just don't want to visit avoid the flea markets what i4 is a death trap don't get on it expect to like go back in time like 20-ish years there's more to Florida than just Disney World. No. There are some counties you just want to avoid, like Pasco and Polk County. Just don't go there. She's not wrong. Don't be shocked by the outward racism. Don't be surprised by all the idiots not wearing masks. And I'm going to double down on what Wick says. Don't touch the wildlife. That means even that cute manatee. I know it looks all cuddly and shit, but it's a federal offense. We have actual dinosaurs That roam the earth here in Florida. They aren't cute. You're not the crocodile hunter. They will eat Uh, you.
2: Well, well, I mean gators. She's talking about gators. Yeah. So what's wrong with the flea market?
1: That was interesting. I don't know. That's my question to you.
2: I like the flea market down here. Do you agree with the things she said there? i4 sucks outward racism is out here it really is out here not not all places right uh but it's um it is out here and then the other piece about mask look dude disney's at full capacity man and uh everything's on the honor system if you have vaccinated masks are optional so it's up to the business she's not wrong there um but um i'm careful with that though because i make sure i patron areas where they have a little bit more of social distancing guidelines that are enforced but no, she's not wrong. The only thing I think she's wrong about is a flea market. You can Ricky find some buys, good stuff and good food at the Ricky flea market. Ricky
1: Baez always using good judgment when he patronizes people. All right, we're at that time of the show, Is <laughs> for so final thoughts. Over to you. What are your final <laughs> thoughts on the program tonight?
2: Man, it really is It's good been a to be pleasure time time having you here. No, I'm what sorry. And asked <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Talk. Go ahead. No, dude, it's good being here, man. It, it's, it's been a couple of weeks, so I'm glad to be on H- the Stop by And I'll Go. say one more thing. Jeez. <laughs> no, look. It, it's uh, nothing that I haven't said before. Leaders, pay your people appropriately, whether they think they're worth it or not. You see their skill set. You have a value to that skill set. Don't treat them like a cheap commodity. Pay them what they're worth, and you'd be surprised what kind of loyalty you're by. I'll leave it at that.
1: A nurse works through the whole pandemic. And then now, now of all times, as we're learning that the vaccine isn't completely foolproof, you fire them. It's rough. There's going to be some interesting stories over the next 30, 60, and 90 days. Looking forward to see what comes up in the news. I really don't have many other final thoughts. Ricky Buys, what are the best ways people could reach us, please?
2: They can reach us anywhere on the internet's Good Lord, have mercy. ever anywhere on the internet? It's by or hrtalkpodcast.com. Look for the HR Talk screaming face. And whenever you get your favorite podcast, we should be it. Uh, give us a like. Let us know what you how you feel. We'd love to hear from you.
1: Face of the franchise. He's a gem. Good looking, man. You see that screaming face on the cover. Or you know you're listening to the right podcast. This is HR Talk episode 300 and what's that? 12, Rick?
2: 312 313 isn't it? Something like that. 312 313. Something like that. What a 5000 like 5000. Yeah. It's I'm been a good right ride.
1: Now. It's been a good ride. We're going to keep riding forward it's been uh 312 it is. It's been a pleasure having you all here for episode 312. I know it's a 2-hour roller coaster today. Just getting caught up on a lot of things. Next week it'll be a 45-minute quickie. <laughs> Ew. Drive safe. Have a good night. <laughs>
2: Forget Hollywood Studios, I'm going to the flea market.
1: Welcome the flea market horse.
2: Now we got a flea market horse that I fought, I bought it at the flea market. No, fought, that should be it. That should be a great story. I fought a horse at a flea market.